Hey everyone, welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. My name is Jason Houtsma, and with me, as always, Mr. Daniel Ornelas. What's up, man? Yo, yo, Jason. Jason, the man. What's up? <laughs> I am. I, I'm doing okay. I uh, I just want to. I'm embarrassed to talk in this episode because our 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 guests are from Britain, Great Britain. Okay. The greatest Britain right, of Britain. all. And uh, the Britainest, most British Britain. And I already have accent inferiority complex because I talk to you all the time. And then I have to talk to the Brits. <laughs> you can speak fluent New Zealish, I've heard you. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, uh, Lord. How, how, are you, how are you doing? How is that? Where are you now? I'm in, uh, I'm in Lafayette, Louisiana still, which is awesome because whenever people say, where are you? I just say LA, which is the state of Louisiana, but everyone assumes that I'm in Los Angeles based on my work. So, well, you know. What, are you embarrassed <laughs> to be in Louisiana? You were just, last time I no. talked to you, you were just about to go in for some Cajun food. How'd that turn out? Oh, that Cajun food is so good. Boudin and all these delicious foods down here. I did go fishing since I last spoke to you. Fly fishing down in the down at the coast here and I caught a bunch of redfish and some sheep's head which is a funny name for a fish but they were delicious I'm not gonna lie to you I feel like fish tacos have, last night I feel like we might have talked about that on the last podcast uh, about the fishing trip yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> I just I just love fishing so much I'll talk more uh, so the cage so the Cajun food was good though Cajun food is awesome the people down here are great I told you about the bartender that was a board sander did I tell you about that no. Okay, so I met this lady that was, I was at her house and she said she was a board sander. I was like, what is a board sander? And it took forever. She says, she says I work in a restaurant and I sell and I sell and I make drinks. And, and eventually the guy that was from Nigeria that was with me said, she's a bartender. And I said, <laughs> oh, a bartender. Because she was going, a board sander, a board sander, a board sander? Yeah, a board sander. <laughs> It's like, uh, what's a, I think Cedric the Entertainer has a whole bit about how he was down south and, and he was talking to a, a guy and the guy said, ah, oh, you know, my name, my name is James, but all my friends call me Bominicious. That's right. <laughs> and the whole time he's calling him Bominicious all week and finally the guy's like, man, what are you calling him? You call him Bominicious? He's like, yeah, Bominicious. He said, call him Bominicious. He says, no. He said, call him by my initials. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's a JT. Oh, that's amazing. That's perfect. Bominicious. That's so funny, man. Well, Bominicious and, bar- and Board Sander. Well, uh, a- <laughs> I guarantee you can keep, you can, uh, you, you'll be able to understand everything our, our guests are saying. We, we joined, we were joined by Orphan, Orphan No More, which is actually a really cool project. It's, it's kind of a, an indie thing going on in, mm-hmm. in Great Britain. And they live in this. Uh, well, they don't all live together, but they they kind of work in this artist collective, and they and they put out these records in their worship, but they involve poetry and they buy, involve instrumental and and all um, these different aspects of art. Which you know, I told them I was like, that's always that's like living the dream, but it's that sounds amazing. It's also usually more challenging than you think it would be. The moment you get a bunch <laughs> of artists together, it 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 doesn't always go well. It goes well in our yeah. case. Yeah, I always I always say I'm a very non artistic artist. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, <laughs> I'm a very adjust, uh, insurance adjustery kind of artist. <laughs> true, true, <laughs> amazing. Um, so anyway, so it was super awesome to talk to those guys. It was actually kind of funny the whole time we were talking in the background of Danny's 
like she, you know, we were doing a Zoom call, and in the background, she full on had like a Harry Potter, uh, like doorway underneath the stairs. It was like a closet or something. I kept meaning to mention it to her, and I forgot. But it was, I was like, oh, so like everybody in Britain keeps little wizard children underneath the staircase. <laughs> That's perfect. It's terrifying, but it's perfect. All right. Well, anyway, this is going downhill fast. Without further yeah. ado, or no more. Guys, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Appreciate it, man. This is uh this is our first podcast uh stay side. Is it isn't it? Yeah. yeah. This is it. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on it. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as as a representative of the United States, man, I <laughs> tell you we're not all like you see on the news. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's a big responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, really quickly, why don't you guys both introduce yourself so people know who's talking? I mean, you have very different voices. It should be easy, but we've got... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm Joshua, and um, my wife and I uh, started off in No More uh, eight years ago. Fantastic. And I, I'm Danny, um, and I'm part of the Orphan No More community, and I'm a songwriter. I don't know how long I've been. I guess I've been apart for as long as we've really known each other, Josh. I suppose. Yeah. Never yeah, really had an official start time, but yeah, yeah, a while, a while. Friendship starts now. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. The contract was signed. Yes, you have to ask <laughs> Facebook. That'll tell you when you became friends. That's true. That's, that's true. Yeah. Oh, a, a long time ago for that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, you guys are part of or- Orphan No More. And, um, you know, I guess I, like I said, I've been kind of listening to your stuff and just kind of checking out. And really, the whole story, I think, is the most intriguing. The, mu- the music's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to hear more about, I want to hear initially about how did Orphan No More start? I mean, you guys are like a community mm-hmm. of musicians, artists. It sounds like you're living the dream <laughs> of like, Every music, you know, like I've I've been a part of things like this that you know they never artists they're so hard to work with. So yeah. you guys have been going with for eight for eight months already or eight years already. Yeah. So why don't you tell me how Orphan No More began? Oh man, that's a great question. It, it started very simple. It started with four friends, my wife and and I and another couple, around a meal table eating food together. Would get together every Friday night and it would finish eating and then would share some songs. And it was like heaven on earth. It was just so special to be in such beautiful relationship with one another and then just honor the craftsmanship that is there within each of us. We released one EP and then we decided that we had a record label because we needed some way to release the EP. And so Off No More kind of began as this kind of, this name under which we'd release music. And then we put out another, it was an album, Esther's album. And, uh, and it just kept growing. Danny's EP came out and, now, like when we have our like a retreat day, because we because we are uh, outside of COVID, we we get together. The whole community is like thirty of us, and you know it's people, a really eclectic group of people that genuinely love each other. We eat together, mm-hmm. pray together, we have fun together, we cry together. You know, community is a word that gets used a lot. There's a huge cost to community. Community comes at the expense of, you know, things happening on your terms, your way, at your time. Uh, it means slowing down. It means genuinely walking with others. But eight years in, it definitely is the path that I'm so grateful we've taken. Um, and yeah, and so it's it's changed over the years. And and right now we're talking to you on the back of releasing this album. And so this album's come together as a collective sound of 
I mean, Danny, I don't know, eight different artists, something like that, like so many hmm. different artists and yeah. writers all together. And this is, our first, this is our first offering to the world of that collective sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is like, uh, I mean, it's very live. So you actually recorded this at a retreat, right? Like you were, were recording, writing in a barn. So I'm actually in the this? barn right now. Yeah, I'm actually in that barn. That Dude, we that's a nice looking now. barn. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna turn turn this around a little bit. I know the people on the podcast, but you can see. Mm. That's, that's pretty yeah, nice. A couple of the crew chilling in here right now. Yeah, we recorded in the barn. Danny, why do you talk about that? Oh man, it was uh, so much fun. So we kind of like what was it over a weekend that we um, kind of all just came together, and it was like part retreat. So we had. Um, a guy, a really good friend of ours called Mal come down and he, he spent some time sharing with us. So it kind of looked like in the mornings we'd be kind of all hanging out, lots of coffee, always coffee. Whenever O&M is together, there's always coffee. Um, yeah, lots of hanging out, praying, worshiping. And then we'd spend the bulk of the day in the barn, um, kind of, you know, running through the songs. Um, and then we'd hit that record button and the rest of the community. So the band, I mean, probably within the band, there's like what, eight to 10 people, but we had the whole community in the room the whole time. And that's kind of the first time we've done it that way, because in the past when we've kind of recorded other things, maybe we've added extra vocals in, you know, to layer up, but we actually had everyone in the room at the same time. So, um, and I'm sure having heard it, like there's such an experience in, in the, in the music of like, I don't know, you kind of almost feel like you're in the room because like we were all together. There was such like a, I don't know, there was such a sound, there was such a um, atmosphere that was created. Um, so yeah, it was incredible. And, and the barn itself, like, oh man, what an experience to record there. Just visually, it's stunning. And and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So we'd sort of take these lovely long walks and oh, it was kind of like a dream scenario, it wasn't it really? <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> The definitely. British countryside at its best. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's why I'm kind of excited, uh, you know, giving this, giving this record across the pond to the Americans, to all you guys, because it's got such an English like approach to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm quite excited about seeing how people in America respond to it because mm-hmm. for a long time, I don't, for a long time we've had this relationship between the two countries of like really giving each other eyes that then define a sound and a genre that, um, you know, shapes a decade or, or more. And I feel like right now that it's kind of happening again in, in that space of like worship and, there's all these different collective sounds coming out that represent communities rather than just one person. And what you hear in that record is mm. genuinely the sound of a, of a very English community that's come together and singing about very specific experiences to them, you know? You should say well, British though, because it's got, you know, Scottish sorry, people British, there. British. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Heather, if you're yeah. asking for this. Elitists yeah. over here. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's a, man, I know the, the it's been it's been really interesting listening to it because um, it does feel use the word genuine and it does feel very genuine. It feels very very raw and very passionate, and you that really comes across. And it's mm. it's as as someone who listens to a lot of music, you know, I get a lot of stuff that comes across. I mean, we at worship artistry, we I don't know if you even know we we teach we teach arrangements of worship songs. So we mm-hmm. take a song and we go, hey, you know what? Instead of having 30 musicians to play this song let's just have five that can Mm. accomplish this thing and then you don't need to use tracks and like so you can actually have a musical communal experience i mean that's like really what it's about it's like isn't it great when we actually all just play music together and feel good about it and confident um anyway i get a lot of stuff that that comes across my desk 
And I am, I, you know, I get, I would say like, I don't, I wouldn't say burnt out, but it's just kind of like, there's so many things coming across that all have like a very, like, there's like a quote unquote, like worship sound. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like unrecognizable, I think, when you mm-hmm. hear something that's, that doesn't sound like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, well, where's the uh, the layered guitars with the dotted eighth note delays and the, you know, and the, <laughs> the bridge that repeats a hundred times or whatever. Like, <laughs> like those are those things that are all like, this is, it almost has become its own genre. And I mean, you guys yeah. fully break from that. I mean, I think there's a, there's a very uh, like passionate worship sound but i think to your point like there's a lot of different artists coming together and and making it happen so what's that like are you Mm. thinking about the finished i hate even using the word like the finished product are you thinking about the finished song as you're kind of working on like oh how do we make this thing work together so that Mm. that that feels genuine it feels like us are you thinking about instrumentation how does like how does orphan no more get its own sound yeah i love that question bro i mean jump in here but i think I think it's it's uh, it's been a process of each person in the room bringing their full and true selves. And when you've got oh. Danny, Danny makes this crazy, you know, alternative indie pop music. I make hip hop music. <laughs> Soph makes beautiful folk, ambient, gorgeous, you know, cinematic music. You know, everyone just comes at it so differently. Um, that we all have to lay down a piece of our kind of right to define the sound and find something mm. together. Yeah. And that happens every time. I think, you know, I think if, if uh, you know, sometimes songs are shaped by limitation, you know, and that is a big part of Orphan No More is limitation. It's like, okay, so we, what have we got? We've got an acoustic, we've got a drum set, we got, so let's really define the sound of that snare and let's really define the sound of the, of the guitar coming through. Um, you know, I think earthy would be a way of describing this record of like, you know, it, we wanted you to feel in the room with us. So a lot of the production was with that kind of approach. And then, um, I mean, Danny, you speak to this, but I think songs like I Belong and Write My Story, where we've like really thought about syncopation and, the, you know, you know, switching up rhythms and kind of bridges and stuff. What do you think? I mean, you were a big yeah. part of those arrangements. So. Yeah, I think... Um, what I was going to say that's so important to us is that, you know, so write my story, for example, um, which I'm so excited about because no one has heard it yet and it's coming out in a couple of weeks. It's so good. Um, you know, Josh and I, and um, we, we wrote that together and, and then it's about bringing it to the band and it being such a collective input into how it then develops and then, and the kind of production side of it. And I think that's just really important. And um, as writers, you know, you can have like your idea of, you know, somewhat of like, this is where I want it to go. But I think it's just, it's for us, it's just so important that it's, it, it's almost like, you know, as the writers, we kind of birth the song of it. And then we're like, okay, guys, like this is, we worship together. Like that's a big mm. part as well, isn't it? We worship the songs, like mm. what yes. kind of just what unfolds naturally. Like, it's not kind of like, right, you need to play that and you need to play that. But actually like, as we're together worshiping this, what's happening. And then yeah. from there, we kind of like begin to then, okay, cool. Like what you did there was really good. Let's kind of, let's try that again, you know? Yes. Um, and I think that that is what makes it that real collective kind of thing. Because yes. I might bring, I might have pictured it being sung a certain way and then someone brings something else in there and it changes it entirely. But like, that's awesome because it's yeah. it's about, like that just represents community at its kind of best, I think, you know, yeah. giving space for other people. Um, <laughs> that's so, so yeah, true. Yeah. I feel like right. My story is an interesting one actually because I remember I remember hanging out with Toby and Josh as bassist and drummer, and on the bridge I could hear this this 
this rhythm, this rhythm part that was basically inspired from a uh, one of the Roots songs, the Roots, which is their live hip hop band. So like it comes in on the bridge, um, da da cat, da da cat, da 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 the cat, da da the cat, And 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 Toby's just getting that beat down, and Josh started coming, do do cat, do do do, and it was like just to sing. I was like, this doesn't feel like quote unquote like what you what you were describing before jason exactly that kind of sound but this feels like this song you know mm -hmm. and i think that's part of process like what does this song feel like what does this mm -hmm. what is this song becoming let's kind of chase it rather than come in and have already defined it so when you mm -hmm. get when you get to the bridge of write my story it switches up why because mm -hmm. that's what that song needed to be and so let's <laughs> yeah. let it, let's be what it, let's let it be what it is well, and you and it and it feels like when that happens, it is nat more natural for the listener to follow along. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like if there's, I th I think when you're when you're putting creativity into something and you're trying to write, you're trying to do something a lot. Like that's great, but sometimes it's like, yeah, you just want the song to write itself, right? Like you yeah, just go yeah. like, yeah, that's what it's supposed to do. Well, why did it? Yeah, because yeah. that's that's where it goes. It's just yeah. what happens, you know. And totally. Um, and so it's really cool to listen to. So, so. So what is your like what is your vision for this in terms of as it spreads out, right? Like you mm -hmm. have this thing that you go, okay, we have this beautiful community, we all get together, we play music together, it's awesome. And then there's this thing of where you go, okay, now we've made a record. Mm -hmm. Now we tell people about that record. Now we mm -hmm. go and share it. There's a business side to it and everything. And and sometimes it feels like in those moments, it almost feels like you have competing interests, right? Where you're mm -hmm. going, like, oh, I had this like artist heart don't make me do anything with this. And then, you know, let me just have my little thing. And then you, mm -hmm. but then you are like, there's, there's almost a sense of calling to like go and share that as well. Mm -hmm. So where are you guys at in the process now of, okay, you're releasing a record. Like, what does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. And how do yeah. you, how do you keep your, how do you keep it pure? I guess in a, in a sense is, is how I'd ask. Jason, you ask great questions, bro. <laughs> yeah. Really good questions. There's, um, yeah, there's a, there's a kind of analogy that I've been using with with the with the guys with the squad, which is, it feels like we're we planted this album is planting some seeds in the ground, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't know what the packet. It's a white packet. We don't know what the seeds are. Like we don't know what this is until mm -hmm. it bears fruit. Yeah. And so we're not saying we're planting an apple tree or a lemon tree. We're we're planting seeds and we're kind of seeing what this becomes. You know, mm -hmm. but we genuinely have a record born of grief, born of like pain born of eating together like genuinely like i'm not mm -hmm. just saying these like words like we lost our best friend we lost we lost you know one of those four people sat around that table at the beginning we lost her you know and these songs of many of them have come from that place and so this is us just saying hey here's an offering and let we don't know what it's going to become would we love it to travel around the world so that we can play shows and keep mm -hmm. writing songs. I mean, we're going to keep writing songs, whatever happens. But <laughs> would we love that? Absolutely. I think for us, like any, any, any band, any artist, for us, it's, it's, it's about staying true to who we are and what our measure of success is. And our measure of, su of success is family. So if, if in 10 years' time, this album has had five streams on Spotify, but we're still family success mm. you know if this album has had 10 million streams and for whatever reason we're not that you know not success so that that's kind of how i see it what about you denny um yeah i think like one thing that kind of springs to my mind is i mean obviously the live element <laughs> is tricky right now mm. um like we 
obviously had plans like everybody else for the summer just gone that we would be playing shows and and all sorts um which would have been awesome um so i think like that side of it is 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 funny we have to find new ways don't we we have to find mm. kind of a new normal of like how we can how we can get the songs out there because i think for me what's really important is that actually i feel like god has put on each of us a um like something that that people need to hear like those songs carry something that um we always talk about the people that are sort of like shunned the outcast the people who who um who really really need to hear this music um so i i'm sure that actually even though it, it's different it's more difficult than it probably has been um that actually the, the music is going to travel because there's places that, that it needs to go there's places that it needs to reach so mm-hmm. i don't i don't doubt that at all and yeah i think i think josh is right like oh my goodness, I have so many dreams and hopes for the future with it, um, that the album will travel and that we will travel with it. And, and I'm sure I'm, I, I've got this lovely, quiet confidence that that will happen, but actually it's still keeping the main thing, the main thing that actually we are, like you say, genuine, um, that we, we, uh, we kind of, you know, act the way that we speak, that we are family, that we stay community, that, you know, we stay grounded. And yeah, I think that's just super important. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I love the fact that you use the term success and kind of defining success, because I think that's something that so often gets lost in our current culture, where our success is defined by numbers, right? Our mm-hmm. success is defined by, oh, well, if I if I sold this many records, or if I got this many likes, or if I have this many followers, like we're always kind of going like that's successful. And so to be able to step back and go, no, the thing that we value is, mm-hmm. is what we're doing. It's the community and the family. It's like, if, if you can keep that in front of you, you just, you just win all the time. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's it. Come on. Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, so you mentioned obviously that there's, there's a, there's a story. This is a, this, the album feels like it's a snapshot. And at least the songs I've heard so far feel mm-hmm. very much like they're happening in a, in a space and in a time, mm-hmm. um, you know, the song, even now I, I loved it just because I love songs that have a sense of time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one of my, one of like my my favorite songs I, I wrote for my own church was just like a matter of it was a question of um, it's like this song is true all the time mm-hmm. because it's saying that like God is present yeah. now He can change things now because that's true whether I'm sitting at home or whether I'm at church or wherever it's like mm-hmm. God's spirit's with us He's here mm-hmm. with us now um, the song even now is is really powerful to listen to and then mm-hmm. I read the story after and I was like. Oh my goodness. So can you kind of tell us about that room at that time, Mm. what you guys were, were kind of walking through? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it it, it was, it was three in the morning, uh, the 24th of July, 2018. And um, we had just received the text from Will, Esther's husband, Esther, um, our dear friend had, had been, had breast cancer and had been walking that path for the three years prior and Mm. he just texts and he said you know this is it you know this is it like it's it's um it's ours if that and uh, my wife and I were just just in the lounge like okay we're not sleeping tonight you know what are we gonna do and we just sat and we we got a guitar out and we were just like singing because that's what we do generally that's just what we do in those moments and and I just started singing that phrase even now even now we believe and it just it it, it came from the, the jesus and and the sisters of lazarus outside his grave and martha saying say the words and even now you know 
Um, and I just, and that just came to mind. And I can't say that we were singing it with gusto and like, you know, <laughs> Uh, I think it was it was whimpers in, at that point, but it was it was true. You know, Jesus says a day will come when you worship in spirit and truth, where there's the spirit of what is and what will always be, and also the truth of like the moment that you're in. That's 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 the offering that He seeks. That's what Emmanuel, God with us, is really after. And um, and that night Esther passed away, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so few weeks later at the the morning of her funeral Karen and I stood in the kitchen and sung it again you know mm-hmm. um just weeping because it you 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 said it so well it's a song for all for every moment like it's a I get up and I sing it when I it's a bit of like a weird one I sometimes sing that song about the song like even now I believe I even now I believe what I believe that it's worth mm-hmm. singing this song like you know, like it's difficult. Like it's a song that's always got context and it's always got like a, a kind of a, um, yeah, it's always got like this, this power to it because it just evokes something in you um, that's really transcendent of what you're going through. So we, we, we just took it straight to, 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 to our community and we just started singing it together like mm. that week. Then we just straight away. I don't, mm-hmm. um, Danny, you came around that Friday night, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we just sung it in our garden and yeah, it just, it just, it just became like a song for that moment. Mm. Is it, uh, what does it feel? Okay. So that's obviously something very intimate, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's deeply felt. It's like you said, it's tied to this moment. What is it like sharing that with a larger group of people? Because it does, it, it seems like it's, it's almost like, oh, this is when something's so personal and then bringing mm-hmm. out and like with open hands and being like, okay, now you listen to it. Mm-hmm. What is, what is that? What is the feeling there? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to quote a man, a man much wiser than me, but the, the more intimate, the more vulnerable, the more specific I am about the sort of intrinsic, unique moments of my life, the more instantly connected to you I am, you know? And that's what's so mm. crazy. I mean, that's what's so powerful about the Gospels is you're reading these very like specific stories and yet they relate to you. They relate to me in England, like on a Tuesday afternoon, but I'm reading about a story from 2000 years ago, you know, thousands of miles away. And, and so we stood up on stage, man, in front of 5,000 people. The first time we like sung that song live. That was crazy. Like mm. the first show we did was we played the, one of the biggest festivals in the UK. And it was like, maybe it was more than that. It was like six, 7,000 people. It was, it was yeah, a lot. thousands of people and they'd never heard the song before. And <laughs> we, we hit that first chorus, even mm. that, and it erupted. Like yeah. it was a holy, I get goosebumps talking about mm. it. Like it was this moment where it was like, this was born of this little living room in this moment so specific to our situation. But mm. everyone in this room has stood outside a grave or is standing outside a grave, be it, the, be it the loss of a dream, the loss of a person, the loss of finances, the loss of health, whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, bro, I just want this song to travel, man, for that reason. Yeah. I, just wanna, I just want people, people to adopt it and own it, mm-hmm. yeah. It's such a like, it's like the realest song I think I've ever heard and ever sung and ever been a you know a part of in that sense of like like when when we were doing um, David's tent that's the festival um, and you know in the room it's like completely just 
heated the whole room, but it's not hype. It's not like a, a, a like a Christian festival that's like hype, 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 and everyone's just joining in because it's like what everyone else is doing. But like it was felt, like it was felt. Ever I feel like like what Josh is, Josh is saying, like everybody has um, like their even now story. You know, every from from the smallest things to the biggest things, everyone can identify with it. And I think like that is it's a really special thing to be able to share the song with um with so many people and like we've had so many stories like even from that festival from many other times where someone has heard it and it has brought them so much hope and mm. like so much peace and and really helped them and I think that is uh amazing and I know that like Esther she would just be like you know just loving that <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure my goodness Definitely. so it's crazy it's crazy but yeah, yeah. so um so artists are are often inspired by other artists. Who who is who inspires you guys? Like who influences what you do? Like where you're where you're playing from, where you're writing from, um, in terms of actual like your craft. Like who? Uh, yeah. Who's in, who's influencing you guys? Such a good question. Uh, for me, it's honestly like I'm not I'm not trying to get out of question. I will answer specifically, but it is <laughs> it is it is it is authenticity. It's like. It's vulnerability and it's authenticity. So for, uh, there, there's a UK rapper at the moment called Dave, and he just put oh, yeah. out an album called Psychodrama last year. And, you know, it's basically an album of his therapy sessions. And that's, that album is, is a book of Psalms. You know, it's just like, so, it's so powerful. Um, I'm going to forget his name, Andrew, Andrew Starks. Andrew, uh, You Bring the Morning. Have you heard that song, Jason? I don't think I have. Okay, he's just putting out an album. I have heard the Dave album, though. You've heard the Dave record? Okay, yeah, nice. Fantastic. Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> so um, the record I'm talking about now, if you just put in You Bring the Morning, that will bring the album up. But, you know, it's a guy who's singing about his, the miscarriage and the divorce and the addiction, and it's just... It, I'm just looking for psalmist, man. So, um, and, and, and in the space we're in, in terms of, like, that, that communal, you know, exaltation, it's, it's common hymnal down uh it's um i mean i was just driving at six in the morning with united pursuit playing live at the mm -hmm. bank's house that first record mm -hmm. just that will never that will never get old for me um mm -hmm. yeah danny for me i so I, i'm a i'm a singer that's like my main number one thing so i i am just massively influenced a lot just by incredible voices <laughs> not quite as deep as josh <laughs> um so i i think like hearing other people using their craft so for example someone like yeba who her voice is just just insane I, it really just inspires me to um to get better and better and better at my craft um so yeah yeba i'm just trying to think of some names um there's actually a, a girl who i don't think she's I, I don't even know how i found her like i think it was on instagram she's called annie tracy and her voice is just so good <laughs> um so it's for me i'm i'm really drawn to voices um but then i suppose again like similar to josh um uh, united pursuit's always been a i don't know there's just a, such a connection like when i listen uh, when I worship to their music, I've just, I'm just taken in, I meet God. And then the other um, Maverick City communion, that song gets me every time. So like, I think, I think uh, for me, I'm like a wide, like a, an eclectic mix of various different things, but it's the voices that just, yeah, they get me. 
That's awesome. Well, guys, I just say it was Andy Squires. I just did it <laughs> for anyone listening. Andy Squires, you bring them on it. Just listen to that song. Let's check it out for sure. Well, guys, uh, I hope that people are listening to your songs because they really are. Um, they're really beautiful. They're really powerful, and they are. Um, I love. I love the. Uh, sorry. Uh, no. Ah, Spotify or Zoom. All of a sudden, starts hitting me with all these messages. Um, <laughs> That's what I get for getting the uh, the free version. <laughs> you only have ten minutes. All right, I gotta finish. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I, I I I love what I'm hearing. I can't wait to hear the whole project. Um, I love that it's you know there there are things that will appeal to a mass audience, but as a worship leader, like I'm always looking for the songs that I can worship to. You know, mm-hmm. like. Somebody, somebody else write me some songs that I'm not thinking yeah. about from a critical, like, yes. okay, well, this, okay, I have to dissect this whole song and do and just sit there and let it wash over me. And yeah. um, even now, felt very much that way. And so I can't wait to uh, hear the whole thing all together. Thank and you, guys. Thank, thank you for you. making it. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you, bro. Pleasure. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for having us and for yeah, asking great you. questions. Man, Jason, that's true, brother. You do ask really great questions. You should be our member mail guy. You should be the guy on the other side of the on the other side of the soul. But that's but that's the opposite. That's giving answers. That's not that's asking true. questions. That's like so that's you, the Peter. That's the Peter's principle, where you take me out of something I'm good at and put me in something I'm bad at and call it a promotion. No, but I think you're bad at answering. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm that's like no. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever been put in a, have you ever been put in a job that you're like man like you got promoted to something where people said okay you're really good at this you should go do this and it like took you out of what you loved and into yeah exactly like yeah, I don't know insurance adjusting or something exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely have found my niche no I'm just kidding this is good <laughs> this is good money for for COVID but it's it's yeah you know what I mean your niche is insurance adjuster musician. Yes. There's not the a lot worst. of those. <laughs> no, there's not. I could have got an OVs just based on that. <laughs> He's the best insurance musician out there. <laughs> oh, well, uh, speaking of uh, the best insurance, I can't, I can't even come at <laughs> What time is it, Daniel? It's time for member mail, James. Just hit it. Did you just call me Jamie? I told you to call me Bominicious. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's member mail time, Bominicious. It is. <laughs> uh, well, today's member mail comes to us from Jonathan. Jonathan asks, I know you guys have done a lot of teaching online, but have you ever done private lessons? And if you have, what did you find was the most frustrating thing? Okay, you want me to go first? Sure, go for it. So my, the only time I can actually really recall doing proper lessons, uh, there was one time I was with a pastor friend of mine who was not really great, uh, really musical. So he used to try really hard and I had a nice little book that I used to write all his stuff in. And that was fine. The most frustrating part of, of my lesson teaching was the other guy that I taught, who's, who's actually a bass player. When he was 16, he came to me because his mom was like, he was homeschooled and he was like, she was like, if you're going to take this music stuff seriously, we're going to pay for lessons. So they brought him to me and I was in my like late 20s and I'd been to you know, jazz universities a little bit and what, what. And so I started teaching him and within six weeks, he was so much better than me <laughs> <laughs> that I literally was like, there's nothing more I can show you, bro. And he was 16. 
and he's the guy from Civil Twilight, the, the lead singer and the bass player from the, the band Civil Twilight now. Oh so that's gosh. the most frustrating thing is is that the, <laughs> that the student became the master. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's just a monster player. We, we still hung out. This is the best part. We used to meet on Thursdays for bass lessons. And then once I had nothing more to show him, I still used to go fetch him on my scooter and we used to go hang out and go fishing and surfing and all. So we just basically said, hey, is it Thursday? And then he'd be like, let's get, let's get together. And now he lives in the States. And we say, hey, let's get a Thursday going. And we still hang out as buddies. And even if it's a Tuesday, it's a Thursday. That's awesome, man. I love it <laughs> what, when you can, when you what can about keep, you? keep relationship with students over the long term. Yeah, I taught for... I actually just stopped teaching this year for the like fully was just like, all right, I'm done teaching private lessons. And I, I did because I, I had my shoulder surgery and then COVID hit and it was just kind of like, you know what? I'm so busy with worship artistry stuff. Like, you know, I was down, I was down to just a few students that I, that I really liked and enjoyed hanging out with. Um, so, you know, half of them, half of them just can't barely played guitar. They just came and hung out. Same kind of deal, you know, um, <laughs> as far as the most frustrating thing, it's funny, like, there's students that make you want to quit because they because they are they just don't practice and then they you know they just come in like it's like what are you doing here like I don't have any personal connection with you you know I had I had one girl who was you know like came in she actually was pretty good but she wouldn't talk to me we'd have a whole half hour where she would I would ask her questions and she wouldn't answer she would just like nod her head or shake her head and it was like this is just torture for me. And it's not that I need to sit there and talk all the time. I mean, you can teach guitar, but it was just like, I got no feedback. I thought that was probably the most frustrating student I've ever had. Most frustrating is no feedback and just kind of like not being able to make a personal connection because that's kind of the best part of teaching, I think. Cool. Well, invite me on one of those Thursdays because I'm, I'm a Steve fan. That guy is amazing. Yeah, he's, a, he's an incredible musician, man. He's a, he's a monster. Yeah, when you, I remember you playing me a demo of his that he made when he was like 15 and I was he was singing on it and I was like, why is he a million times better than me? What, we will ever be. 42. Incredible. Uh, that's crazy. It's been an awesome hang time. What else you got going? Man, I got to get back to work. I got to get back to making guitar lessons. So uh, if anybody wants to learn from those lessons, you can go have me be your guitar teacher for 500 plus song lessons. If you head over to worshipartistry.com, you can sign up for a free trial where we teach guitar, Daniel will teach you bass, we've got drums, keyboard, and we've got a vocal library that's building as well. So um, I highly recommend going over there. I was actually on, I was on the Worship Collective's message board or like Facebook group this week. And somebody actually said, hey, I'm thinking about getting worship artistry. Is it worth it? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Grassroots marketing. <laughs> you should definitely do it. So uh, guys, we hope to see you over there. Otherwise, if you don't want to join Worship Artistry, but you still enjoy the podcast, please, by all means, give us a review in the iTunes store, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Daniel, I'll see you next week. See you later, brother. Mm -hmm.